Welcome to Third Floor Views, a production of Chesapeake Family Life, where we talk about health, education, and living with kids. I'm your host, Janet Jefferson. Today, we're talking about Two Strikes Theater Collective, a local Baltimore theater company, about their current projects and upcoming shows. Joining us is Aladrian Wetzel, Executive Director of Two Strikes Theater Collective. Welcome, and thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, let's jump right in. First, I'd love to hear just a little bit about Two Strikes Theater Collective and your mission, the work that you're doing. Sure. Um, so uh, Two Strikes mission, well, I'll just start by saying the mission statement. I think it's strong and impactful and powerful. Um, so Two Strikes Theater Collective, our, our mission statement is to create art that is unapologetically Black femme, to upset the white patriarchal status quo, and to provide creative outlets for Black women in, in the Baltimore community to express themselves through art. You know, and that's kind of that's the, kind of like the main the main juicy nuggets of uh, of why we were created. Um, I know sometimes people are always wondering like why why the name Two Strikes? Like, what does that mean? And I know I heard many years ago that I was born with two strikes against me, uh, being a woman and being black. Right. Not only do I have to deal with with racism, but I also have to deal with misogyny uh, and sexism as well. And so these uh, the whole idea of two strikes was really to create a place where we could take those two strikes, things that are seen as a negative and kind of turn them on their head and turn them as a positive, because I love being a black woman. I want to support other black women. And especially I want to make sure that our stories are told that we're telling our stories and other people are, are seeing them and appreciating them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I love your mission. I love just how strong, and I love the language that you use. Um, it just it makes me just want to like say, yes, like, yeah, like go out and <laughs> go out and do something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's a call to action, definitely. So, with that, what was so you were founded in 2019 in the summer in July. What was the local theater scene like for women of color um, before you guys came sort of into the into the play? What what made you want to start? two strikes. Right. So what made us start, and there's about five or six of us here um, in, uh, as a part of the, the organization, um, and we're all Black women, you know, in you know, various ages, and, and we've kind of been in the theater community, you know, on and off for the last several years. We really, we saw a need that wasn't necessarily being met. Very rarely do, um, especially Black women, but women of color get the opportunity uh, to um, to be on stage, you, very usually there's uh, I hate to say it, but there's there's a lot of women of color and very few roles specifically for them, and so we're always competing against each other for these one or two roles, or these theaters we're doing you know the one black show or the one you know show featuring people of color a season, and we didn't want to deal we didn't want to do that right I, I, I'm a kind of person like I love to see a reflection of myself on stage, right? That's the whole idea. Like life at theater is like life. Like it's a, it's a mirror. It's a reflection of what's going on in society. It's a reflection of what's happening. And I wasn't seeing me enough. And I'm kind of a go-getter kind of person as are the girls in my, uh, as a part of the company. And we said, well, if, if we don't see it happening, why not just make it happen? And, and I, like my goal in at the end of the day on this for this theater company my goal is i want to see an entire theater production with black women 
doing black women things, telling black women stories. I want the playwright, I'm not, not just the playwrights and the actors, but I want the stage manager and the set designer and the lighting designer and, you know, and, and the audience members. I, I, I've never seen that happen. And mm. what better way to make that happen, especially in a predominantly black city like Baltimore, mm-hmm. what better way to have that happen than to kind of do it ourselves? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so what is the origin story how did you how did you make it happen um and then how have you been received by the baltimore community sure so the origin story is actually kind of funny um uh one of my uh one of the other board members uh, her name is uh rachel wilson Uh, she just jokingly said on facebook her and i've been friends for a number of years and she jokingly said on facebook she's like a ladrian we should start a, 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 a theater company called like Black Girl Theater, like Black Girl Magic Productions, right? Black Girl Magic Productions in like big letters. And I like responded to her. I was like, I was like, actually, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> and then one of our other mutual friends like tagged onto that. And then like another mutual soul was like, like three more people tagged on. They're like, yeah, we should we should do this. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, one of the other uh, women, she had another friend who I had kind of met tangentially, who is, I guess now, you know, the the other half of of the two strikes brain, her name is Kristen Cromwell. She's the director of play development, but her and I started talking and we said, you know, I I think we can kind of do this and let's, let's like, let's all meet. And we had an initial meeting uh, probably was it the early part of 2019, like the end of 2018. I think early 2019 is when we like settled on the name. And then I, I got a, a, a friend of mine to do the logo for us, which is awesome. I love our logo. Um, and then we ended up having, I think it was the summer. Yes, July of 2019, we had our first uh, meeting where we actually did like a happy hour and we invited other you know, women of color and other black women to actually meet and kind of talk about kind of some, some ideas that they had or things that they would want to see on stage and kind of get like the ball rolling. And from there, we kind of created the mission statement and kind of started going on a path to kind of see what this collective would, would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously COVID happened and it kind of turned things on its head. So, <laughs> right. Right. And then how has, how's the community reacted to your work so far? Right. I think the community has has opened us with, with, has supported us with open arms. Hmm. I think, again, us being a collective uh, for and by by Black women, we're kind of in this um, Venn diagram, like the little piece in the middle, right? There's theaters in Baltimore that kind of cater to, you know, the African-American community. There's theaters that that cater to, you know, to women, women women-centric. But this little piece, this little sliver, (laughs) very specific piece was never really covered. And so Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have kind of galvanized and kind of come behind us and supported us. Um, we got a lot of support, a lot of, a lot of early donations from, from friends. Um, we got a, a lot of people who have been supporting some of the early shows and stuff that we did last year and coming into this year. And because of COVID, strangely enough, we're kind of able to, to, to reach a little bit further hmm. than we would normally, you know, within the Baltimore community, which is still our primary you know, location as is the state of Maryland. Mm-hmm. But in our play, we had a play festival last October that was digital. We had participants from, from t- Tennessee and from Atlanta and oh, from New York awesome. and from like all over the United States. And I was like, we would have never gotten that opportunity had not only the local community supported us, but just the broader community to continue this kind of work that we're doing today. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And some sort of bizarre twist of fate. It sounds like that that's really worked out in your favor. 
Yes, it has. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about last summer. So last summer, you know, summer of 2020, there were so many crazy things happening. You know, we were, we were in the thick of COVID. We were moving into a really crazy election season. And then we had George Floyd's death in the, in the spring, which then there all the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, really there, it was acted as a springboard and there was so much talk about Black Lives Matter and talk about the problems that we're having in the United States right now with racism um, and and really having a discussion, I feel like, that we haven't had in the forefront for a while. So how has that played out for you guys at Two Strikes? Has have you felt some of the those pieces, those really big national conversations hit you and your work? Have people been um, even more excited to support you? Or has COVID drowned out a lot of this conversation? Or has it, has it amplified it because people are sitting at home? How have all of these different pieces come together for you, for better or worse? Right. I think one of the things that, that I, I definitely think, definitely think was a, a I don't say, I'd say two strikes and talk about fire, right? So that, that kind of lit, right. lit a, a fire underneath of um, uh, our, my organization and, and kind of the work that we're doing um, is, the, is, the, is the hashtag um, uh, say her name movement, mm, right? Mm. The fact that there are so many um, Black women, uh, Black trans women, um, who are dying, whether or not that's by the hands of the police or, um, you know, or by other assailants. Um, but this idea that, that, that Black women are not as protected is something that, 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 that always hits me, especially as being a Black woman, but it's something that we wanted to make sure that we help to amplify as a part of our organization. Uh, I know there's a quote, um, it's by uh, Malcolm X, uh, and the quote says, the most disrespected person in America is the Black woman. Right. Again, it's that that it's that 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 mix of both the racism and the sexism. And just we wanted to put that in the forefront. Right. We were already putting that in the forefront as a part of what our mission statement was. But just this whole idea of racial unrest and social justice, uh, we can't divorce the two. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be a black woman. I, I go down the street and I'm a black woman. I, I go to a theater and I'm a black woman. I'm going to have to have those important conversations. And we wanna make sure that, you know, not only are we supporting and amplifying other organizations that are supporting, um, you know, the movement and supporting those types of social justice uh, activities and reform, mm-hmm. but we also, again, like I said earlier, you know, the theater is supposed to be a mirror in what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. We, would be, mm-hmm. we would be ignorant if we didn't allow people to have a place you know, to be able to talk through those ideas and talk through those stories and talk through their feelings about mm-hmm. what's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm also a playwright and an, an actor as well. And I wrote a play, I'll be honest, I wrote a play, a monologue last, um, last summer, right around the time when, when George Floyd was murdered. And, you know, I, I wrote it because we'll also be honest, I'm a, I'm a pretty straightforward person. Uh, I'm also going through, um, you know, fertility treatments, or I have been for the last few years. And this idea that I'm going to bring a black child into this world and the possibility that someone might see them as dangerous and might automatically assume them that they're, that they're bad and that, that, they're, that their lives don't matter is something that a lot of black women, whether or not they're going through infertility treatments like myself or have a black child, that's an important thing. It's a, it's a, it's a, a special nuance that, that black women who, you know, who have brothers 
and, and uncles and sisters and cousins who could be affected. There's people who have died who look just like me or who look just like my father or my friends. And so it's important that that, the, that was really the central point of, of kind of what Two Strikes wants to get across, that our stories, not only do our lives matter, but our stories matter, especially mm-hmm. coming from the, that specific piece as being a Black woman. Right. And being in the arts community, providing a literal stage for, for these voices and, and hopefully um, a way to amplify and, and share within the community and beyond yeah, is, is it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. I feel like the arts um, is, it's just, it's made for this. Let's pivot just a little bit and talk about what uh, what you're doing right now. Um, so what are some of the projects that Two Strikes is doing right now and how is it going? I want to hear all about the, about the good stuff, the all fun the stuff. All the good stuff, all the good stuff. Um, so, uh, so one project that we got really had the great opportunity to do uh, is we were actually able to work with uh, Baltimore Center Stage. Uh, we did a co-production with them. Um, it was called their Bridge, Bridge Series, where they have a series of readings of short plays and then have a discussion afterwards. Uh, so on Thursday, we just had this uh, event and we actually read the play uh, Florence by Alice Childress. Mm. Uh, she is a, a, a foremother of, of, of Black theater. She was one of the first um, you know, Black playwright, Black female playwrights uh, to, to produce on and off Broadway. Um, she was a director. Uh, she won an Obie Award, I think, in the early 40s and 50s. So this is someone that a lot of people don't know who she is, but like her plays have always centered Black women. And hmm. us partnering with, um, with Baltimore Center Stage was a great opportunity for us to not only let people know about who this playwright is, um, but also have a, a very interesting conversation and discussion about race because the play does take place um, in the South and it has conversations between a black woman and a white woman and how that race kind of impacts how they relate to each other. So that was mm-hmm. a really, really great opportunity. And I'm very thankful that, that we had the opportunity to work with Baltimore Center Sage. But coming up on May 22nd, uh, we have like one of, one of my favorite projects. <laughs> uh, it's called, uh, the play is called uh, This Crown is Mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, what it is, it's a, as was, this crown is mine, a, a virtual journey through black hair. Uh, so what we did is that we actually commissioned about 12 uh, playwrights, some established playwrights in the, in the community, in the uh, uh, DMV, uh, some new playwrights had never really written before. And we asked them to write about, a, about five minutes worth of material about black hair whatever stories they wanted to tell about black hair, whether it was about how much they love it, much they don't, they, they want to, don't want people to touch it. However, whatever conversations that they wanted to have, we gave them the space to do it in a short, short form. And we've got a mix of some people did choreo poems. We had a, another woman who uh, did, um, did like a dance. Uh, we had people, some, one person almost made like a, almost like made like a rap video. Like she'd made it into like a rap. Yes. Um, some people did monologues, you know, other people did like scene work and we, we got basically we had all of them record their pieces and I'm literally <laughs> as a technical director uh, piecing all these pieces together and kind of kind of we, our goal was to show black hair as a positive thing mm. right mm-hmm. so often it's black hair is marginalized it's policed you know we had to create this there's this a whole crown act was created mm-hmm. just so that there wouldn't be workplace discrimination against the hair that grows out of my head and so everyone has something to say about black hair I'm like but 
what about what do black women have to say about black hair right it's this positive and awesome thing it's a crown that i wear mm -hmm. that's why we titled it this crown is mine because my hair is a crown it's a, it's beautiful it's a part of who i am good better and different i love it and i we wanted to to give black women the opportunity to kind of share that love and be a celebration mm. um, of this thing that has always kind of been shuffled off into the corner and spoken about illy right I don't care if you're a woman who's got dreadlocks or an Afro or a weave or a wig, like whatever, your hair is beautiful. You are beautiful. Your story about your hair is beautiful. And that's kind of what we wanted to, to tell with that, um, with that project. It sounds really empowering. So this is coming up on the 22nd of May. And then you just had the event on Thursday. What if there's like, what if someone misses the 22nd or, and they, you know, can't see, see crown when it's released, or if someone missed uh, last night or even some of your previous work, is there a way for people to see uh, previous work or is it like true theater where you got to go and see it in person or, or it's gone? Well, for the Baltimore center, uh, Baltimore center stage event, the bridge series, that we had, unfortunately, because of the rights uh, mm, with Alice mm -hmm, Childress's work, mm -hmm. we can't really reshow that. But the discussion afterwards, um, it can be seen, and I, I believe you can see that through um, Baltimore Center Stage's um, uh, website or through mm, their mm -hmm. YouTube your YouTube channel. Um, for for this crown is mine. Even if you can't participate, um, again, the tickets are pay what you can, um, so pay what you can afford. And if you even if you can't participate, we would again still love to have your donation to be able to mm -hmm. support the work that we're doing and support the artists that we're paying. All of our artists are paid. I always like to say that. Mm, that's um, awesome. So uh, yeah, if you even if you buy a ticket, um, we'll make sure that we send you um, a, a link to our YouTube page. But the but it will be it will live on on our YouTube page uh, as we're also doing um, a, a simulcast virtual live stream of uh, the event uh, on Facebook as well on the 22nd. Mm, but mm -hmm. if you can't make the 22nd, catch us on YouTube. Um, and I think we're thinking about doing like another kind of live streaming event uh, maybe after that. Um, if anybody wants to have comments or, or ask questions or whatever, maybe we'll have a talk back. We're still trying to, to iron out the details of that. Um, but yeah, uh, our YouTube page is probably the best place to, um, to get um, past work. Uh, we had a, a, what was it called? The Brown Sugar Bake Off. I love, I still love that title. Brown Sugar <laughs> Bake Off um, was our playwriting festival that we had uh, for the first time last year. Um, and we're doing that again in October. And that also oh, lives nice. on, on our Facebook page. And from last year, we partnered with um, uh, the women-centric theater, The Strand. And it's also on their Facebook page as well. Awesome. Any other projects uh, being released this summer? Things for people to look out for with your work? Great, yeah. So we have an event. Uh, we're co-partnering with um, a Fells Point Corner Theater uh, for a Juneteenth event. Ah, yes. uh, and awesome. so on Juneteenth, we're doing um, a uh, what we call the Playwrights Collective Showcase. Mm. Uh, for the last uh, four or five months, uh, we've actually gotten uh, several Black women who identify as playwrights. Um, we actually have a, a, a playwriting group where we meet and like every, every, every month, you know, two or three people come and say, hey, I have a piece of work that I really would love read and would really like some comments. And we kind of sit and talk and go through it. And these are all original pieces and give each other comments and, and, and have it be a supportive space mm -hmm. where people feel comfortable 
to, to share and to experiment and do all sorts of stuff. So why not, you know, have Juneteenth, which is a celebration of the liberation of, of, of black, black people from slavery, why not have that as an opportunity to kind of celebrate the work that these women are doing? So we're going to do it again as a virtual event. Uh, I think we're going to do it as a, as a live stream. So we're going to mix it with some of their creative content and we have some other local playwrights and other works that are happening. We'll probably mix that in with some um, recorded content as well. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what we're doing um, on uh, Juneteenth. And then later this summer in the July or August time period, um, uh, myself and the director of playwriting uh, development, uh, Kristen Cromwell, we're gonna do um, a podcast, a limited, limited series. It's, gonna, it's, gonna, it's called um, uh, I'm Speaking. Right, mm. just like what mm. uh, Kamala Harris said, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm speaking. How powerful those two words are, yes. right? Um, but we're doing that basically to have a conversation about kind of you know different topical things about how COVID has impacted our lives as Black women. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're talking about topics ranging from dating or from hair care or what have you. Um, but we wanted to just have a forum where we can get basically a group of Black women together because that's my favorite kind of group to get together. We feel comfortable, have, you know, have a conversation and kind of just, you know, be comfortable with talking about like these specific topics about how they how COVID has impacted our lives because COVID has impacted everyone's life. Um, and we just wanted to have that opportunity to, to showcase that. And then, like I said, in October, we have the uh, Brown Sugar Bake Off. That's it's so many exciting things coming up. It sounds awesome. I, um, I know it's so much. It's so much. It's so much work. I was like, we might have been <laughs> off. We might have been off more than we could chew, but we'll definitely give it a give it a try. We'll give it a go. Um, so then, what's next? What are sort of the your hopes and dreams for Two Strikes Theater Collective? Where do you see or hope that this will go? Well, other than take over the world, I mean, that's the first <laughs> answer, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, so other than that, um, uh, some, one of my goals, at least this year, um, is for us to kind of become a, a formal nonprofit, right? That takes mm -hmm. a lot of work and energy and paperwork. Mm -hmm. I've already mm -hmm. started doing the early research, but I want this, uh, this, this company um, to have a life you know, have, a, have continue to have a life. I don't want it to be a flash in the pan kind of activity, right? I want it to be something that's enduring. Uh, and I think we can get a lot more opportunities, both from a grant perspective um, and, you know, other opportunities moving forward if we're able to kind of have uh, that kind of structure behind it. So that's mm -hmm. kind of the goal. Right now, we're just a collection uh, of several artists who are very empowered and interested in doing this work. But I, I think putting that structure behind it will, will give it a, a better foundation moving mm -hmm. forward. So that's mm -hmm. kind of the, um, the goal. And, and then obviously at some point, we'll see how it happens, fingers crossed. Uh, I do wanna have, start having some, you know, some you know, full in-person shows, whether or not that's a hybrid you know, from a you know, filmed material mixed with live material, we still have to figure out. But I do want to have, you know, a, a, a full scale uh, show um, where we can actually do, you know, that kind of stuff like I spoke about earlier, have that all, you know, black female cast crew, the whole nine yards. And I, I will be remiss if I also didn't add uh, that we also want to make sure that we put um, an education component into it. Oh, yes. I, I've always been a, a kind of person who um, I like to learn a lot of new skills, right? I used to, I started as an actor and then I got bored with that. And so I said, I'll try directing. And I got bored with that and I tried producing and I got bored with that and I tried stage managing. So like, but I'm not, everybody is like me. 
right? I'm also, <laughs> I'm also an engineer by trade. Like I'm a mechanical engineer doing all this crazy artwork. So I'm already weird. Oh, that's um, awesome. But I, I know not everyone's like me and they might not feel as comfortable, you know, uh, asking or trying new things. Mm, mm-hmm. And very often what I found is in the, in the Baltimore, especially the Baltimore community, um, within the theater community is that, you know, people will email me and say, hey, Ladrian, you know, can you help, can you direct this black show? And I'm like, okay, great. And then I talked to another friend of mine. I'm like, hey, I, I got asked to direct this show. She's like, me too. I was like, are we <laughs> the only two black women directors in Baltimore? I mean, oh my gosh. There's gotta be a couple more. So I hope so. I hope so. There are, there are, probably, there are several more. I, I can't, but, <laughs> but, you, but you know what I'm, tr- you know what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah. It's like the same people keep, keep getting yeah. pinged over and over again. And not only are we trying to allow the opportunity for black women to not only be playwrights and tell their stories, but we want to give the opportunities for black women to learn directing, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. learn stage managing and learn producing because if they don't have the opportunity to learn, then if somebody asks or needs that, that particular skill set, then it, there's a void, there's this right. hole, right? And so like, what better way to have a group of people learn new skills with people who look like them, where they feel comfortable being, right? Mm-hmm. Instead mm-hmm. of trying to ask, you know, a white man, hey, I want to apprentice under you to be a director. No, get out of here. I've been a director <laughs> for a couple shows. We've had several women in our company be, come on, let's, we'll teach you. We'll help you. We'll get you the resources. We'll do that. So kind of building that, that void and that gap and also building the relationships with like, you know, some of the historically black colleges and universities here in Baltimore and seeing how we can galvanize them to participate as a part of the theater too. Just a lot of things about community and bringing people together and just being a place and a light, a sense of light and mm-hmm. hope for people to, to be able to, to feel comfortable to, you know, again, as I said in the mission to express themselves, you know, creatively through, through art. So that's, that's kind of the big, the big dreams, uh, at least near-term big dreams uh, that I, I kind of have in, our, in, my, in my mind and that the company has as well. Well, it sounds really exciting and it sounds like a lot of work, but a lot of joy in the process. Oh yeah. This is, this is my side hustle being the executive (laughs) director. I do have a full-time job as a project manager. I do that all day. And then I do theater, uh, theater stuff all night, but it it definitely is. It's joy and it's passion. I something, something that I believe 100% in. Um, And that, you know, again, as I said, in the mission, like our goal is, is our goals are lofty. Um, but they're, very, they're still very specific. And then mm-hmm. we see that there is a need for mm-hmm. this type of activity and this type of theater. Um, and we just have to see, see what happens from there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much to Ladrian Wetzel, Executive Director of Two Strikes Theater Collective. And thank you to all of our viewers and listeners. Make sure that you visit ChesapeakeFamily.com for up-to-date local information on home, health, and living for today's Maryland parent. This episode will be archived on ChesapeakeFamily.com in video and podcast format. I'm Janet Jefferson with Chesapeake Family Life and Third Floor Views. Thanks so much.